Chapter 20 That afternoon was one of the happiest I'd ever spent at camp, which maybe goes to show you never know when your world is about to be rocked to pieces. Grover announced that he'd be able to spend the rest of the summer with us before resuming his request for Pan. His bosses at the Council of Cloven Elders were so impressed that he hadn't gotten himself killed and had cleared the way for future searchers that they granted him a two-month furlough and a new set of reed pipes. The only bad news, Grover insisted on playing those pipes all afternoon long, and his musical stills hadn't improved much. He played YMCA, and the strawberry plants started going crazy, wrapping around our feet like they were trying to strangle us. I guess I couldn't blame them. Grover told me he could dissolve the empathy link between us now that we were face-to-face, but... I told him I'd just assume to keep it if that was okay with him. He put down his reed pipes and stared at me. But Percy, if I get in trouble again, you'll be in danger. You could die. If you get in trouble again, I want to know about it. And I'll come help you again, G-Man. I wouldn't have it any other way. In the end, he agreed to not break the link. He went back to playing YMCA for the strawberry plants. I didn't need an empathy link with the plants to know how they felt about it. Later on, during archery class, Chiron pulled me aside and told me he'd fixed my problems with Meriwether Prep. The school no longer blamed me for destroying their gym. The police were no longer looking for me. How'd you manage that? I asked. Chiron's eyes twinkled. I merely suggested that the mortals had seen something different on that day. A furnished explosion that was not your fault. You just said that and they bought it? They manipulated the mist. Some day, when you're ready, I'll show you how it's done. You mean, I can go back to Merryweather next year? Chiron raised his eyebrows. Oh no, they've still expelled you. Your headmaster, Mr. Bonsai, said you had... How did he put it? Ungroovy karma that disrupted the school's education aura. But you're not in any legal trouble, which was a relief to your mother. Oh, and, and speaking of your mother, he clipped his, unclipped his cell phone from his quiver and handed it to me. It's high time you called her. The worst part was the beginning. The Percy Jackson, what were you thinking? Do you have any idea how worried I was sneaking off to camp without my permission, going on dangerous quests and scaring me half to death? Part. But finally, she paused to catch her breath. Oh, I'm just so glad you're safe. That's the great thing about my mom. She's no good at staying angry. (laughs) She tries, but it just isn't in her nature. I'm sorry, Mom. I won't scare you again. Don't promise that, Percy. You know very well it will only get worse. She tried to sound casual about it, but I could tell she was pretty shaken up. I wanted to say something to make her feel better, but I knew she was right. Being a half-blood, I would always be doing things that scared her. And as I got older... The dangers would just get greater. I could come home for a little while, I offered. No, no, stay at camp, train, do what you need to. But you will come home for the next school year? Yeah, of course, Uh, if there's any school that'll take me. Oh, we'll find something, dear, my mother sighed. Some place where they don't know us yet. As for Tyson, the campers treated him like a hero. I would have been happy to have him as my cabin mate forever, but that evening, 
As we were sitting on a sand dune overlooking Long Island Sound, he made an announcement that completely took me by surprise. Dream came from Daddy last night. He wants me to visit. I wondered if he was kidding, but Tyson really didn't know how to kid. Poseidon sent you a dream message? Tyson nodded. Wants me to go underwater for the rest of summer. Learn to work at Cyclops' forges. He called it an intern... An intern... An internship? Yes. I let that sink in. I'll never... I'll admit, I felt a little jealous. Besides, it never invited me underwater. But then I thought, Tyson was going? Just like that? When will you leave? I asked. Now. Now? Like, like now, now? Now. I stared out at the waves in the Long Island Sound. The water was glistening in the red sunset. I'm happy for you, big guy. I managed. Seriously. Hard to leave, my new brother, he said with a tremble in his voice. But I want to make things. Weapons for camp. You will need them. Unfortunately, I knew he was right. The police hadn't solved all the camp's problems. Luke was still out there, gathering an army aboard the Princess Andromeda. Kronos was still reforming in his golden coffin. Eventually, we would have to fight them. You'll make the best weapons ever, I told Tyson. I held up my watch proudly. I bet they tell... I bet they'll tell time. Mm. I bet they'll tell good time, too. Tyson sniffled. Brothers help each other. You're my brother, I said. No doubt about it. He patted me on the back so hard he almost knocked me down in the sand dune. Then he wiped the tear from his cheek and stood to go. Use the shield well. I will, big guy. Save your life someday. The way he said it. So matter of fact, I wondered if the Cyclops' eye of his could see into the future. He headed down to the beach and whistled. Rainbow, the hippocampus, burst out of the waves. I watched the two of them ride off together into the realm of Poseidon. Once they were gone, I looked down at my new wristwatch. I pressed the button and the shield spiraled out to full size. Hammered into the bronze were pictures in ancient Greek style, scenes from our adventures this summer. There was Annabeth slaying a Lastrogonian dodgeball player, me fighting the bronze bulls on Half-Blood Hill, Tyson riding rainbow towards the Princess Andromeda, the CSS Birmingham blasting its cannons at Charbatus. I ran my hand across a picture of Tyson battling the Hydra as he held aloft a box of monster donuts. I couldn't help feel sad. I knew Tyson would have had an awesome time under the ocean, but I missed everything about him. His fascination with her horses, the way he could fix chariots or crumple metal with his bare hands, or tie bad guys into knots. I'd even miss him snoring like an earthquake in the bunk all night. Hey, Percy. I turned. Annabeth and Grover were standing at the top of the sand dune. I guess maybe I had some sand in my eyes because I was blinking a lot. Tyson, I told them. He had to. We know, Annabeth said softly. Chiron told us. Cyclops forges, Grover shuddered. I hear the cafeteria food there is terrible, like 
No enchiladas at all. Annabeth held out her hand. Come on, seaweed brain. It's time for dinner. We walked back towards the dining pavilion together, just the three of us, like old times. The storm raged that night, but it parted around Camp Half-Blood as storms usually did. Lightning flashed against the horizon. Waves pounded the shore, but not a drop fell in our valley. We were protected again, thanks to the fleece, sealed inside our magical borders. Still, my dreams were restless. I heard Kronos taunting me from the depths of Tartarus. Polyphemus sits blindly in his cave, young hero, believing he has won a great victory. Are you any less deluded? The titan's cold laughter filled the darkness. Then my dream changed. I was following Tyson to the bottom of the sea, into the court of Poseidon. It was a radiant hall filled with blue light, the floor cobbled with pearls. And there, on a throne of coral, sat my father, dressed like a simple fisherman in khaki shorts and a sun-bleached t-shirt. I looked up into his tan-weathered face, his deep green eyes, and he spoke two words. Brace yourself. I woke with a start. There was a banging on the door. Grover flew inside without a trace of permission. Percy! Annabeth! On the hill! She! The look in his eyes told me something was terribly wrong. Annabeth had been on guard that night, protecting the fleece. If something had happened... I ripped off the covers, my blood like ice water in my veins. I threw on some clothes while Grover tried to complete a sentence, but she was too stunned, too out of breath. She, she's lying there, just lying there. I ran outside and raced across the sentry yard, Grover right behind me. Dawn was just breaking, but the whole camp seemed to be stirring. Word was spreading. Something huge had happened. A few campers were already making their way towards the hill. Satyrs and nymphs and heroes in a weird mix of armor and pajamas. I heard the clop of horse hooves and Chiron galloped up behind us, looking grim. Is it true? he asked Grover. Grover could only nod, his expression dazed. I tried to ask what was going on, but Chiron grabbed me by the arm and effortlessly lifted me onto his back. Together, we thundered up Half-Blood Hill where a small crowd had started to gather. I expected to see the fleece missing from the pine tree, but it was still there, glittering in the first light of dawn. The storm had broken and the sky was blood red. Curse the Titan Lord, Chiron said. He's tricked us again, given himself another chance to control the prophecy. What do you mean? The fleece. The fleece did its work too well. We galloped forward, everyone moving out of our way. There, at the base of a tree, a girl was lying unconscious. Another girl in Greek armor was kneeling next to her. Blood roared in my ears. I, I couldn't think straight. Annabeth had been attacked. Oh, but why was the fleece still here? The tree itself looked perfectly fine, whole and healthy, suffused with the essence of the golden fleece. It healed the tree, Chiron said, his voice ragged. And poison was not the only thing it purged. Then I realized, Annabeth wasn't the one lying on the ground. She was the one in armor, kneeling next to the unconscious girl. When Annabeth saw us, she ran to Chiron. It, she, oh, suddenly just there. Her eyes were streaming with tears, but I still didn't understand. I was too freaked out to make sense of it at all. 
I leapt off of Chiron's back and ran towards the unconscious girl. Chiron said, Percy, wait! I knelt by her side. She had short black hair and freckles across her nose. She was built like a long-distance runner, lithe and strong, and she wore clothes that were somewhere between punk and goth. A black t-shirt, black tattered jeans, and a leather jacket with buttons from a bunch of bands I'd never heard of. She wasn't a camper. I didn't recognize her from any of the cabins. And yet I had a strange feeling I'd seen her before. It's true, Grover said, panting from his run up the hill. I can't believe nobody else came close to the girl. I put my hand on her forehead. Her skin was cold, but my fingertips tingled as if they were burning. She needs nectar and ambrosia, I said. She was clearly a half-blood, whether she was a camper or not. I could sense that just from one touch. I didn't understand why everyone was acting so scared. I took her by her shoulders and lifted her into a sitting position, resting her head on my shoulder. Come on, I yelled to the others. What's wrong with you people? Let's get her to the big house. No one moved. Not even Chiron. They were all too stunned. Then the girl took a shaky breath. She coughed and opened her eyes. Her irises were startling blue, electric blue. The girl stared at me in bewilderment, shivering and wide-eyed. Who? I'm Percy. You're safe now. Strangest dream. It's okay. Dying. No, I assured her. You're okay. What's your name? That's when I knew, even before she said it. The girl's blue eyes stared into mine, and I understood what the Golden Fleece quest had been about. The poisoning of the trees, everything. Kronos had done it to bring another chess piece into play, another chance to control the prophecy. Even Chiron, Annabeth, and Grover, who should have been celebrating in this moment, were too shocked, thinking about what it might mean for the future. And I was holding someone who was destined to be my best friend, possibly my worst enemy. I'm Talia, the girl said, daughter of Zeus. Thanks, listeners, for finishing another Percy Jackson book with me. I have been enjoying rereading this series again as it is perfectly awesome for the summer. um, The next book we should be reading should be the third book in the Percy Jackson series, so stay tuned for those first chapters. In between these chapters, if you get a chance and you'd like to follow me on Instagram, you can find me at Muse of Theater, or if you'd like, you can also give this podcast a like through Spotify and other things so that we can reach other listeners to share these amazing stories. And one final final announcement before we finish this book for today i have a secret project that i've been working on with some friends and i should be posting it up here pretty soon um it's a an original work that she and i wrote together recorded together and i hope you all will enjoy it all right stay awesome friends and i'll talk to you guys soon bye